0: Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. Of course, this season we are doing 1991, but we are in Bonus Town. These are all our very special bonus episodes where we attack, attack, where we (laughs) approach the movies that were good and talk about them a little bit, but maybe not the ones that are going to win. Joining me, as always, in a non-competitive Bonus role function is my best friend, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Greg, uh, happy to be here. And thank you so much for once again saying that I'm your best friend. You texted me earlier and it said, um, I hope that Nate or Emily become my best friend and not Ryan. Was that text meant for me? (laughs) Oh, did you
0: get that? I'm
1: sorry. Who was that meant for? My mom. I (laughs) keep her
0: like appraised of everything going on with the podcast. And what a
1: coincidence that you're handling dealing with so many people with that same name. Yeah, you know, like that was probably a different thing not related to this.
0: My mom's name's Ryan. That's really <laughs> confusing. Joining hot. us as hinted at, our guest number 1, Nate. Hello, Nate. Oh, hi. It's me, guest number 1, Nate. And of course, you brought guest number 2, Emily. Hello, Emily.
2: Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm very well. Emily, what what are you
0: from? Where could we find you? What have you been up to?
2: Well, you can find me Co-hosting a wonderful, delightful podcast that Mike was most recently on for Dog tooth. Dog tooth We're called I Drink Your Podcast or IDYP, <laughs> and yeah, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, all of that I love sort of it. fun stuff.
0: I love it. Nate, how about you? Where can we find you? What have you been up to?
3: Oh man, I have been in the state of Delaware, so you can find me there. <laughs>
0: awesome. But I also have a
3: podcast, and it's called A Vague Idea. But it's going to change after we hit our two hundredth episode, so get ready. Get just start creeping toward the edge of that seat of yours. If you is want it to find be out a
2: more vague idea. Oh,
3: it's gonna get even vaguer. It's gonna be the vaguest <laughs> oh, idea it. possible. Yeah. Vaker we're we're than gonna barely we're gonna barely even stay topics, clearly. <laughs> that
1: <laughs> is actually most shit. top or mo- most <laughs> podcasts that are on iTunes, so I think you'll fit right in. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I I think I've been too cerebral, so we're gonna try to dumb it down even further. Yeah, well, fucking Nate. That's what everybody says about you. Too
1: cerebral,
0: for sure. That's honestly, all I hear about you. <laughs> that's that's what the judge convicted you of. Too cerebral. Well, that is where we are. That's who we are, and where we're from. But the reason we are gathered here today is 1991's my girl. So now, Ryan, I feel like you and I both have a a extensive history with my girl. But well, let's start with our guest. Do we have any history with 1991's My Girl, Emily?
2: This was my first time watching it. Okay. I had zero, zero knowledge. I think I've seen Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, the first one, and nothing else. Okay. So, no connections. But I did know who Jamie Lee Curtis is, and I knew... What's his face from Ghostbusters? Of so like, I recognized people. Slimer which I was from feeling Ghostbusters good
0: about. is in this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> always also known as Onion Head.
0: <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis wanting to get with Slimer in this movie so bad. <laughs> Nate, what uh, what sort of like history do you have, if any, with this movie?
3: I was a wee boy of ten years old when this movie came out, so mm-hmm. I saw it probably half a dozen times, if not more, in my childhood. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen it in probably twenty years. Uh, so this was like a fun retread of an old classic, and yeah, I mean it—it it really brought back those memories of the swing seventies that I remember from <laughs> ten years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the it's the it's
0: it is made in ninety one and, sh- and set in the shadowy mists of the of nineteen seventy two. Ryan, I sense that you have the same sort of history
1: as Nate, where you just uh, watched this movie a lot as a kid. Is that true? I. I didn't think so but then watching it I was like I sort of knew every move this movie was going to make yeah Um, so I and not because it's an obvious you know movie uh, I just think that I had seen this many times yes maybe like 10 minutes on TNT for my entire life (laughs) okay so so three of us have seen the
0: heck out of it and one of us is new to it Emily with your fresh perspective what is your overall impression of the movie My Girl
2: it was a lot for me to watch i generally liked it but it is not really a movie i would sit down and watch over and over again unless i had the nostalgia to it so especially because i was born in 92 so i don't know if it's just a youth thing or what but it it was certainly something watching (laughs) this Coming of age story of this eleven-year-old girl living in a funeral home, Sir. and her best friend, womp womp, dies. <laughs> what? Spoilers. Spoilers, right? Spoiler. I'm drinking a bee's knees in his honor.
3: <laughs> oh.
0: This movie very much features uh, Chekhov's beehive.
2: It's <laughs> just like,
3: here's a scene not about anything where we're whipping
0: rocks at a beehive. Chekhov's
3: child coffin, too. That was the thing oh, I yeah. <laughs> The movie opens with her like, well, why is that coffin so small? Is that like, for oh, a kid? And he's like, no, it's for just small a small adults. adult. <laughs> uh, Ryan and
0: Nate, what are your impressions rewatching the movie?
1: I mean, my, the first thing I want to do right now is go to my favorite SM dungeon, Chekhov's child coffin. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I'm sorry, Greg. What was your question? I was thinking of that thing to say. <laughs> uh, you saw it a lot as a kid. You've seen it now as an adult. What I, Has your
0: impression changed? Has it moved at all?
1: I think it's strange enough to be interesting. Like, I don't know if it's a good movie i don't know how it would fare in our bracket well i do know if it was in our bracket it would get fucking trashed but yeah uh, yeah <laughs> uh as like an aside to 91 and as an aside to like seeing what 91 thought of the past i think it's just weird enough where a lot of these movies really try to be not weird you know mm-hmm. like they try to be as four quadrant as acceptable to all people as possible and it's not disgusting it just swings for the fences in some crazy ways and and goes like tries
0: to go in a lot of different ways at the same time and then much like a cartoon character gets kind of like snapped back into place yeah and maybe (laughs) doesn't end up going that many places at all (laughs) nate uh what did the meter shift at
3: all for you um yeah i mean i i think that it just sort of took some of the nostalgic shine off of it because it is (laughs) like you just said it's a movie that is cartoonishly trying to do a lot of stuff and the things that that i remembered being emotionally resonant were much less so with yeah. the exception of child death which kind of just i mean it's child death like that'll that's gonna, always <laughs> get you if if you if you don't feel a little something when a child dies in a picture you're it's it's time it's time to go uh it's time to pick up a rose and sing to the audience
0: time to go to jail <laughs> Well, we are going of that child. We yeah. are going to get in real deep on the nitty-gritty, especially on some of these things that we have talked about. And we're going to do that right after this break. Howard Zeef's My Girl is the story of Veda Sultanfuss. That's her name. A oh young girl learning about life while living in the shadow of death. That makes her life sound really tragic. But actually, she just lives in a funeral home. But her mom is dead. that That's kind of tragic. Oh, and she sort of thinks it's her own fault. Also pretty tragic. And her spoiler alert, best friend spoiler alert, is spoiled by a bunch of overly alert bees, which you better bet was pretty tragic to me when I saw it as a 10-year-old soft boy, uh, which I still technically am. The movie is funny, warm, (laughs) compassionate, and beautiful, but it is also an untidy mess that may bite off a bit more than it was ever prepared to chew. Also, it features two kids, Anna Chlumsky and Kieran Culkin's younger brother. For whatever reason, we don't do a lot of movies starring kids on this show. Maybe it's because they are terrible actors. How does the one-two punch of Chlumsky and Culkin come off performance-wise? What about in the screenplay? Do these two characters deserve whatever modern-day notoriety they may have, Ryan? Uh, Okay, so
1: let's start with the Klumsk. Uh-huh. She she was, like, picked out of a big group. And I would say that... uh... What she lacks in acting skills and running skills, this girl cannot run at all. Uh, I think she has star charm for sure. She has star charm for days, and every time she walks into a scene, she there is this ownership of it. Even if you can see that she's a little
3: immature as an actress, definitely. Do you agree with that, Nate? I do. Yeah, I think the I think the big bonus of this movie is how really decent the kids are. Like they do kind of they carry their roles well. Because I think a lot of the faults are in the storytelling and not them, which is Mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, Yeah, I think they're great. Do you agree, Emily?
2: Well, kind of. I think that as someone who has recently become a fan of movies, I was never really into movies until I started a fucking podcast. Oh, sorry. Am (laughs) am I supposed to not swear on this podcast? You're not supposed to talk about other podcasts. What the hell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck? (laughs) i'm starting to understand more about like acting and directing and cinematography so i don't know if i'm really an expert on anything but i thoroughly enjoyed the kids performances because they felt like kids primarily and as a teacher i see that all day long the only parts that were a little bit jarring were some of the lines and dialogue that were used but they just they felt like kids and that was something i could get behind
1: I mean, we got to talk about the '80s and '90s as far as like having kids, and probably mostly on TV, but a little bit in movies, saying things like, "I only hang out with people who I find intellectually stimulating." <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's the kind of stuff that we got all the time. And I don't want them to be like, "Booger, booger, poopy, booger," but Veda uh, is a lot, a lot. They the should talk and about trickle down family. economics.
0: So.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they're very pro Nixon.
0: Yeah, that's a kind of sort of like surprise little like stinger at the very end yeah. of the movie. By the way, all these people—they're fucking Republican. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. Well, I guess you really recontextualized that. I personally feel like that the the kids do a pretty good job. Um, I think that the movie doesn't ask enough out of Macaulay Culkin. Like this is his movie that came out right after
1: Home Alone, and he kind he should of have plays... been setting traps for robbers the entire time. The,
0: he's kind <laughs> of or bees at least. he's he's just kind of a turd the character is and I think that uh Macaulay Culkin doesn't like respond to that super well also I feel like near the end of the movie whether it's the writers or the, the 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 child actors they drop the ball and they can't perform in some of the necessary scenes like I don't know how you stage a child actor getting stung to death by bees but it shouldn't be like, oh, wait, and then you just cut away. And I don't know how hard it would be as an actor to actually, like, receive the news that your best friend had died and respond to it emotionally as, like, an 11-year-old child. But, like, it looks like she tries to emote, and then when she fails, they just cut
1: immediately. And is, you're being a B right now, Greg. I, Okay.
0: I'm just <laughs> saying, the, the movie does not prepare you for his suddenly passing. And it feels like nobody, no part of the movie is prepared to really digest that. It's one of the 18 things the movie tries to do. And it's like, you don't have the writing, you don't have the performers, and you don't have the directing to carry this off. Why not find some way to continue just having it be a nice little family movie? You know, you have the prep
1: when, like Nate was talking about with uh, Chekhov going off everywhere. Baby
0: coffins! (laughs) Baby (laughs)
1: coffins! (laughs) Two buy for, for sale, a dollar. buy
0: one, get one free, only one used at the moment.
1: Uh, man, Greg, your baby coffin material strikes again. <laughs> Once again,
0: I find a way to go to that well of baby coffin jokes.
1: But that's only if you watch it again is the foreshadowing so obvious. Like, if you watch it for a second time, and that's like, oh, we got to fucking ram some shit in the screenplay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is really rushed at the end. I on this rewatch, I was surprised at how suddenly it was like, "Oh, hey, maybe we'll get married if uh, if our thing does. If you can't marry the teacher, and then I'm gonna ride into the woods and go right back to the <laughs> beehive that we just left. We literally ran from it minutes ago. I think time gets compressed in this movie. That's another topic, though.
2: And I think for me, watching it for the first time. I I really felt that sudden death.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I was not expecting him to die to the point where I was sitting on the couch going, ah, he's going to be allergic to bees. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if he dies, like, that'll be hilarious. And I'm sitting there laughing my butt off when the sheriff or whatever comes up to the house to tell not his parents. But Dan Aykroyd. But <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, okay. Dan I'm Aykroyd, a you're a dad, guy.
1: right? We gotta tell Slimer from Ghostbusters, stat. <laughs> Guys, th- he did not play just because Dan Aykroyd also ate two hundred hot dogs in Ghostbusters. Does not mean he is Slimer.
3: I mean, uh, he's, he's the town—he's the town corpse handler, though. So the cops right, have to so tell I could him. Get that. We got a body. Why you were talking sense. about that empty
0: way. baby coffin? Yeah, and you're gonna be so jazzed when you hear about yeah. this. Uh, right. fit for that.
1: The way, that, the way that they handled it too, just in case their child actors were not up to it, was they did a full uh, Martha's Pearls and that they dropped the glasses, they dropped the yeah. glasses in slow motion to the ground instead of uh, Martha Wayne's Pearls shattering.
2: <laughs> Although <laughs> I would have preferred okay, that okay. also
1: when the glasses hit down, it then cut to the mood ring and the mood ring went dark. The mood is now bad. <laughs>
3: but I mean, the this vibes is the are off. this is the origin of Darth Vader, though, right? Is that uh, her love is killed?
0: Her love, her love passes away. Um, I gotta
2: know, Nate, have, have you been sitting on that joke for a while? Because <laughs> no, that seems I, like it, too brilliant it, for me. <laughs> it luckily uh, sprang just to me. for I listeners. Mean, if you're not that's watching amazing. This,
1: just for listeners, listeners, uh, Nate just took off his shirt, and it says Darth Vader tattooed on his chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> This feels dumb while you're tattooing it on me now,
0: but the payoff's going (laughs) to be Oh, just wait. But
3: you wait. I'm going to be on a podcast in seven years, and (laughs) they'll be ready.
0: (laughs) When we come back, we're going to talk about the power couple of the center of this movie, Jamie Lee Curtis and Slimer from Ghostbusters. (laughs) Well, that is very, very funny, or very sad, and perhaps now you have something to think about, or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about but in any event i'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to so why not check us out on the social media you can go to instagram or twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies gentle friends most of this movie is about the blossoming love story between jamie lee curtis and dan Aykroyd. how do we feel about the couple at the center of this She's one of the most enchanting women to ever grace the screen, and he played Slimer in the movie Slimer and the Guys. (laughs) (laughs) Do we feel... And I mean, like, um, he has to be coaxed pretty aggressively into a relationship with Jamie. Can he not see her? Is he having trouble focusing his eyes on on what she looks like? His wife died uh, 10 uh, years ago.
1: I think 10 years
0: ago? Come on, Slimer, get over it.
1: I think the drive-through is really romantic. Or the drive-in. Sorry, don't go to a drive-through movie. <laughs> not time. The drive. I think the drive-in's really romantic. We only romantic. Saw a little bit. And I'd like to go. And uh, Slimer turns around and he's just like, "Get out of my office! I'm working here."
0: It goes immediately through a wall, leaving that weird big sheen that he leaves every time he passes through a surface. <laughs> yeah, but. Now I know that like a lot of movies do this, where you take a sort of dumpy guy and pair him with you know a, a much more attractive woman. Is this, is this
1: Slimer can fuck himself? That show, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the sitcom about Slimer, uh,
1: yeah, uh, with <laughs> hot wife
0: turns into a drama. But does the movie carry it off? Like, do we do we believe it at any point? Do we maybe sort of near the end start to believe it, Emily?
2: I think the moment that I actually believe that they were kind of romantically attached to one another was weirdly at Thomas J.'s funeral, where they're sneaking off and canoodling. Otherwise, Jamie Lee Curtis is throwing herself at this guy, and he is not paying attention to anything about her. And, I mean, like you said... Has he seen anything? Is he blind? Like I don't know what's happening.
0: Even uh, after they hit it off, and like they they basically like on July fourth, he is like stood up for her. There's the moment. anytime a man manifests violence, women are always drawn to that. That's that's
1: his oh, old, yeah. the oldest story in the book. This, uh, but, there's a part of this movie that is just straight up a Popeye cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> like Dan <Akron laughs> eats spinach, and Jamie Lee Curtis goes, <laughs> "Oh my my man."
0: But then they're like, then they're like kind of like into each other. And then she's like, I want to go look at the fireworks. And he's like, there they are. They're the same every year. It's like, dude, come on. Can't you try <laughs> to, like, get into this just a little bit? You need Sebastian the
3: crab to tell him to kiss her. That
0: <laughs> but it just, to me, it it felt like, are they supposed to
1: be this, the, they're supposed to be one of the centers of the movie, right? Yeah, and I think that this happened so much, again, more on TV, but... Uh... Let's write a movie where the schlubby guy um, j- just this. It, it's not that they like build a relationship. It's that this hot babe comes and gets a job and then falls all over him. and then Almost whole, right away, too, right? And the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. it's not like, uh, how do we sort of uh, you know express our mutual attraction? It's like she is tripping over Ottomans to get to this guy's butt and look yeah. at his butt.
2: It's something about, you know, doing makeup on corpses all day and seeing him work with corpses all day that really gets her going.
0: <laughs> she says to him, let's go to a romantic movie at the romantic drive-in, the most romantic place there is. And he goes, let's play bingo at a church.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then just before that, she reads one of the most basic obituaries I've ever heard. And yeah. he's like, mm, I wrote that. You know, he's that's so proud of himself. Line. Yeah. <laughs> She's, she's like that in... shit. Well, she's, she's like, so
3: she's happy like, to to applaud his writing skill, too. Like, it's yeah. that was really amazing. I mean, he... In lieu of? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it sounds better than Instead, I think. <laughs> which, you're <laughs> which right. Was, uh... It sounds French.
1: <laughs> An original title, by the way. In lieu of.
0: In lieu of? Okay. I have a question about titles. So, okay. The question... The title of this movie is My Girl.
3: Okay. Which would imply that Dan Aykroyd is the center of the film? Because or McCullough. McCullough. he's possessive. who's the girl well let's start there
0: let's start who's the girl uh veda okay so she's veda right so but the movie's not called girl (laughs) so it's not the main character right it's my girl so now we've moved off of her right who's the my to whom does the
1: my refer the audience it's okay so it's like our girl she she's our girl
3: okay Mm, is
2: it our girl though it says my girl Cause doesn't that, well, we were I fighting guess,
3: over her the whole movie.
0: I'm probably nitpicking here, but isn't there a way in which by, s- like, like, calling it my girl, you're kind of, like, removing her well, from sort was... of the center of everything and then inserting some unnamed person? I think there's a trope
1: of, like, we don't know what the title this. Let's spin the wheel of song titles. Yeah. Right. And whatever okay. it lands on is what we're picking.
0: Okay. Maybe it could be temptation. as
3: simple as that.
1: Nostalgia
0: it good. It can't be...
1: That's not it, a bad title. <laughs> it can't be the Macaulay Culkin kid.
0: Because he's no. he's cute or whatever, but he's an absolute cipher. There's just nothing there. He, and what an absolute like flavorless performance and Let child. me tell
1: you let me tell you this from experience. You cannot have that many allergies and have people find you attractive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Greg, but I think you're thinking way too much into this because the producer like put money out there to get someone to come up with a better title. Yeah. So
1: There was a contest, and uh, some of them were great, including Veda, uh, exclamation mark, which means, like, death to infidels in some language, so they didn't pick that one.
0: Darth (laughs) Vader? Did they ever even consider Darth Vader? Shit, (laughs) they put your
2: shirt
3: back on, dude. Sorry, sorry, look. It's just, it's warm in here. I gotta pop a top, you know?
1: (laughs) Why is it always warm to people who have fucking abs? (laughs) You ever notice that?
0: (laughs) Because I got thinking about the title. The part of the reason I asked, I got thinking if it had to either do with Jamie Lee Curtis or like with her as the like my like she like over the course of this movie, this girl goes from hating me to becoming really like my daughter. And I kind of also go from like f- like feeling a no role in her life to like kind of becoming her mother. And so we are like each other's girls slash women. And that's a yeah, plot movie? of
3: the movie. It's one of the nine plots of the movie that that gets abandoned about (laughs) two-thirds of the way through.
1: Greg, please don't say things that make us all three want to talk at the same time.
2: Right? Maybe you're onto something, Greg, because, you know, Veda didn't really have her mother, and so she was this lost girl, and then as time goes on, she found her place within her world of this small town and whatever city. I don't know. And her I th- big thing there's is that like,
1: uh, there's a hairbrushing scene towards the end that I think is so, so important because it's yes. not magical. It's just we are now, it's not like we are bonding with like Hollywood bondage. Uh,
3: <laughs> Chekhov's uh, <okay>. child
1: coffin. <laughs> yep, we're back to that. Uh, but instead, it's like they're past that. They're like, they're just in their relationship now. Like, they have yeah. that. And in a lot of ways as, I don't know, Manic Pixie Dream woman as Jamie Lee Curtis is to Dan Aykroyd, like she is the fucking greatest stepmom you could ever imagine. Oh, yeah. Like that that would be she has her own house on wheels like if you're 11 years old that would have been dope but that just got relation- a big cookie jar full
0: of money she has got a whole bunch
1: yeah. of like lady porn <laughs> oh i'd like a cookie but i'd also like 35 dollars to go hang out with my teacher griffin Dunn. yeah and yeah, <laughs> that is the,
3: that's the core relationship of the movie for sure I, I yeah i think it's interesting too that like she does handle the the menstruation scene very well like that whole like getting the period the first time thing
0: she handles everything well. Like, yeah. I mean, she I mean, does a good just, job yeah. of just kind of, like, when uh, Anna Chomsky, when Veda, like, purposefully is insulting to her, she does a good job of, like, being like, huh, what? Uh,
1: maybe I don't really hear this. I'm not sure. I'm not following along. And when Veda runs out and says, I'm hemorrhaging, Jamie Lee Curtis speaks Veda at that point. Yes. She yes. knows. Oh, did this happen at the bathroom? I know. I, I know what's going on then.
0: Because we we know through, like, a couple of scenes that Veda's a hypochondriac. One of the things the movie doesn't sell, like, wholeheartedly, but does tell you at one point is that she's a hypochondriac. And we know that the thing that she's really digesting in the entire movie is she carries the guilt of her mother's death. She thinks that she did it. She thinks that she's been the cause of death. And we know at the end of the movie, when if she hadn't fully healed from her conversation with Jamie Lee Curtis... She would look at the ring that her friend died trying to retrieve, and she would be like, "Oh yeah, shit, that was my fucking fault." But I she, feel like, has that learned, <laughs> she has learned that deaths are not her fault, and so she does not spend much time being like, "Wow, this this kid died trying to ret- retrieve my ring." Even I though it
2: is her
3: fault. Yeah, and it, and it's something that could be replaced for like a nickel, probably at the corner drug store. Oh, a nickel's I mean, a
0: lot of money. It's not. Uh, <laughs> We're talking uh, nineteen seventy two, okay? We have this is
3: bountiful, like wistful walk-in healthcare in <laughs> a doctor's office and we're worrying about a moon rip.
0: <laughs> It's
1: run in healthcare, but it's the same
0: thing, more or less. That, when
1: we, back then that was backwards because you had to give all healthcare was is that you had to give the doctor a lollipop. And then that was payment. That was all you had to do. <laughs> when we come back,
0: the ominous sounding boomer porn.
1: Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far and let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com and it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark. And do your shopping from there. That way, we get a little piece of the action, and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye!
0: How does boomer porn sit now, knowing that Veda Sultanfuss would have more likely than not voted for Donald Trump? How much charm has the movie, much like other movies that take place in the late 60s, early 70s, lost because of recent events? All of it?
1: A lot. I would say, like, it is kind of, I feel like it's all gross. And then that last line of the movie that we talked about earlier of, like, oh, and by the way, Nixon will be president. And then the movie just rolls credits. Yeah, dude, like, why not just be
0: like, <laughs> and by the way, the bees went on to be president. <laughs> we elected the bees mayor of town, and they parlayed that into a presidential run.
1: If we found out that the bees shaped themselves as a human being and put on shoes, and that was Nixon. Th- thing, I would be that. Ha, <laughs>
0: I'm not a crook. I'm several hundred crooks <laughs> all swarming together. But I, I think that is supposed to be a really lighthearted, fun sort of end. And I guess in part of it, it's because like, she's like, she's still so naive that she doesn't know that Watergate. Right,
2: already... We're all like, oh, ha, ha, so funny. But she doesn't know that law also... and order
3: policy is going to cause trouble for her town's one black citizen who works with her dad. And...
0: Yeah, because doesn't it kind of have this weird way of, like, it's a funny little ha-ha at the end of the movie, and then you, like, start kind of thinking about the movie, and the way it starts to work on the events of the movie, I think, starts to make you more and more uncomfortable, because, like, then you're like, oh, yeah, Dan Aykroyd just, like, sort of, like just, like, used violence to get out of a situation with another guy over, mm-hmm. like, a... It's it's literally a property dispute. It's a dispute about a woman, but it's also literally a, a dispute about property at the same time. And they're like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. And then you realize, like, oh, yeah, this is a white-ass movie, which in, in the 90s, most were. Um, I don't know. Did It just... It didn't seem worth, like, the funny chuckle at the end, the way it kind of unschooled the movie. Am I overreacting, Ryan?
1: No, I think this is happening a lot with a lot of different movies. I know that the stock has fallen so much uh, over the last five years on Forrest Gump, and a lot of it is because it's kind of a corny movie that doesn't hold up, but a lot of it is because fuck you. Fuck you guys. Like, keep heroicizing this generation of just, like, no matter where you were, you were doing something heroic and crazy. Like, shut the fuck up. No, you weren't you know like and if you were then you're not now you're reverse heroic now uh and i just i don't think that this generation of uh, communities and then like oh let's play the music let's play some CCR yep. like they go to the bumper car place and CCR plays because CCR must play in every movie from this time uh it doesn't have the
3: same effect anymore
2: no i think right it, it, if it's not about vietnam it's not going to have an impact
3: I think it's interesting, too, because this movie does that thing that a lot of 90s movies do, where it backs into, hey, we'll set this movie 20 or 30 years back so that we can have men say really insensitive, shitty things about women. (laughs) (laughs) And and it'll be funny because we know we're past that at the time that people are watching the movie. So we'll all get a good chuckle about Uncle Mustache saying that, oh, women now, you just fuck them. It's great. If we're being
1: honest, that means that uh, like, our writers can't write anything else. But if we yep. said it in the past, it will all be okay.
2: Yeah. Well, to be fair, Nate, I will say that women are feeling that a lot with the internet. So <laughs> I don't know if putting something back in time and being like, oh, yeah, old white guys are definitely talking about this. Mm, it's pretty bad right now, too.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's right. awful, it's it's awful all the way bad. down. I'm not...
2: Right, right. That. I don't know if it makes it better because it's in the 70s. No, but see, I,
0: I like it doesn't. But I think, Nate, you do have a point there in which, in that they thought that it did. Yeah. Right. right. And that was so much of the 90s was we were like, remember how people used to not just get it like we all get it now? Like mm-hmm. the world's such a good place now and it's going to just keep getting better like over the next couple of <laughs> decades, because we've basically almost perfected democratic capitalism. And it's just going to make like rays are just going to shoot out from the country all around the world, bringing equality and justice. And more than anything else, the job is mostly done. Everybody like we mostly did it. We killed racism. We killed sexism. Like, we don't have to think about gay people. We don't even really know that (laughs) much about trans people yet all the way back in the 90s. And the sense of self-satisfaction is so pervasive in these movies. And so I think that when they do set things 20
1: years ago, they're just like, man, we thought we knew. We had no idea. Not like now. At one point, uh, Slimer tells his daughter Baby Slimer. Is that the Uh name of the movie? Baby Slimer? Slimer, Uh, It's
0: called Slimer and Baby Slimer.
1: uh, Go ahead and put whatever you want in the cart, Veda. Like, they're shopping, and she's like, uh, she keeps throwing things in the cart. If I did that to my mother's shopping cart when I was a kid, like, there's th- that's not how real life works. I would have gotten the <laughs> shit kicked out of me by the other men in the store if I put something in the cart that my mom did not want. It's just, what we ha- the other thing that we have to think about with Forrest Gump and stuff like that is we don't have, we're not watching documentary footage of this time. This is the time that we were told was great. And then we watch movies about how, scripted movies about how it was great, whose goal is to talk about how great it was. And that, I think, has made not only us clouded, but also boomers have forgotten their own past and replaced it with footage of movies.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. yeah, absolutely.
3: 100%.
0: At the same time, railing against Hollywood's undue influence in the culture. Does, this, does anybody in this movie say Vietnam?
1: No, I don't think so. No,
0: nope. Like, I mean, that the conflicts have been on for, like,
1: seven years or something
2: at that no, point. No, they're like in a... this small town. They're sheltered by everything, yeah. you know. Yeah, the perfect,
1: like, the any town America, you know, any town yep. USA. That's the whole point is, like, look how great this was. Even though that fucking lead actor is from Canada. Slammer is from Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> Uh, A kind of interesting artifact of this movie is that, like, watching it now, are there, like, are there still currently, like, mom and pop family owned funeral homes? Is that even a thing anymore? It's all in the back of a Walmart. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. Like, uh, most funeral homes are, like, they ship off all of their bodies to, like, uh, centralized locations that are basically, like, Walmarts of embalming and the, the job is much less like family run businesses now and it's more like big um, conglomerates that like kind of hide the fact that they're like huge chains basically like Chipotle's of funeral homes. Uh, what? My yeah. mind
2: is being blown right now. It's,
0: check it out like uh, most people that actually work with dead bodies now they will work in like a huge I don't know how huge it is it's like a warehouse though where they see multiple bodies that are then like shipped out to funeral homes like the funeral homes intake the body but they're worked on another location then shipped out because this is like kind of ceased to be a family business and it's just now a big
1: corpo business so how often are you burying the wrong person at a
0: funeral (laughs) honestly dude have you ever seen a a body at a funeral it's like i guess that's the person i guess i have closure (laughs) like if they were shot with like the makeup gun from the simpsons i guess that's what my grandpa looks like (laughs) Can we
2: talk about Thomas J in the funeral? Because Let's do it. I was a hundred percent expecting him to have way more disfigurements of dying from an out. Al-
0: Oh, yeah. Dying
2: from an allergic reaction to bees. Oh, what if you know? he was, like, I was expecting he had, like a hundred pound head, <laughs> right? And there's these cute <laughs> little pimples on his face.
3: Which again, like, can't Jamie Lee Curtis cover that up? She made the she made the church marm look I know. look uh, gorgeous. So so uh... it looks
1: not gross enough and also not hot enough. Yeah. Here's what
3: I'm thinking:
0: What I mean, I think he could go with a nice cat eye. There's right. never right. enough blue eyeshadow. She or says it herself smoky, in the movie. Smokey, yeah, never you enough never blue have eyeshadow. A blue eyeshadow.
1: Oh man, that would have been. All, I would have loved to watch Thomas J's parents. And I know they seem sweet in this movie, but let's remember what generation they're from. Those people were monsters. I uh, see Thomas J's corpse with a ton of blue eyeshadow and watch their reaction.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Every single adult in this movie participated in January 6th. Oh, yeah. Like, they all flew not, in. There's not a single person who lived long enough who didn't, yeah, like, charter a private <laughs> jet to fly in <laughs> and go threaten Nancy Pelosi.
3: I'm Veda okay. Sultan Fuss and I'm here for the <laughs> for the country.
0: What a fucking name. <laughs> um, so we talked about it a little bit, but this movie tries to do a million things at, at once. Uh, one of them is, like, dealing with child mortality Um, but definitely like growing up is another part, hypochondria. What are some of the other issues this movie tries to deal with? And do we feel like they pick them up and dispense them, dispense with them too quickly? The one that I
1: think that is handled perfectly. And this is in the news recently because uh, turning red is getting a lot of shit for not just being like a bar episode of Barney. Um, <laughs> it is Beta shoving Thomas J and saying, and do not talk to me for five to seven days. Five to that, seven days. That's still in my head. And I think about that so often as like planning my
3: life out.
0: Here's my problem with turning red. Have you ever seen, <laughs> um, how these animals fight? Really? When they stand up
3: on their hind legs and put their arms up? I
0: replace every fight scene in Turning Red with the way those red pandas actually fight. I think it'd be a lot funnier and a lot cuter because they have one move, which is they get really tall and then they just tip forward and two (laughs) of them will literally do it at each other nonstop. And it's like, this is not a fight, you guys. (laughs) We're just giving
2: each other concussions over and over again.
1: Just because you fight that way, Greg, doesn't mean we want to see it in a Pixar movie.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it is adorable. Um, yeah, so like the, it's it. There's like a few scenes, about, sort of about old age, right? There's Gramu. Um, right, mm-hmm. with
2: her dementia or something.
0: And so, so death is not just part of what's talked about, but aging is as well. But it's one of these things that the movie is like, yeah, look at it, right? And then it's like, well, no, what are you saying about? Right. This? I oh, mean,
3: six feet under. <laughs> this is not. It doesn't yeah. explore <laughs> anything with any kind of depth.
1: <laughs> I mean, Greg, it, like, because we're in the ninety-one season right now, and when Grandma starts singing as Veda's mm. on the ground, isn't this closer to Adam's family than Dude uh, Six Feet Under? They mention Adam's family
0: when he looks at the house. He's like, "What?" Like, the, her boy, her husband, uh, who's like, brought his little brother to come reclaim oh, the thing. Right. He's like, "Hey, we you live with the Adams family here?" And I was like, You better watch out, dude, because they will do what they wanna do, say what they wanna do. <laughs> you know, dance how they wanna dance, play how they wanna play. But oh, also, gonna, they will no. Greg, no. will kick and slap a friend, right? That's insane. They will kick and slap a friend. They are the Adams family. When we come back, it is time to give this movie some awards. My girl did not win any Academy awards which is really a shame What? because I, th- I think it deserved at least best original screenplay. I don't know what it deserves. Uh, but it's definitely going to deserve all the awards we're giving out right now because it is the only movie eligible. And <laughs> let's start with, we've talked a little bit about the performances. Let's start with best pound for pound performance. Now, this could be somebody just in the movie for a very brief amount of time if they if they can carry their weight, if they do well enough. So, for Pound for Pound, Emily, who do you think delivers the best performance?
2: Absolutely, Mu. First off, she has the best <laughs> fucking name mm-hmm. out of all of these characters. <laughs> but I didn't even know who Ann Nelson was. Again, I don't know much about movies, but apparently she's, like, pretty decently well-known back in the 90s, 80s, 70s, etc. But 60s. I, I really loved her. You know, the singing, the way that she was able to really show, like, the t- deteriorating of her brain and just, like, interacting with her family. Honestly, I would have preferred a movie that was just around that. You know, her granddaughter, who she raised, coming to terms with that loss.
0: And suddenly being, like, in charge of raising, you know, like, keeping track of her yeah, so that like her dad switching can... roles. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was, of all the, the tear-jerker moments of this movie where uh, Dan Aykroyd says that you know after the mom died she became very close to grandmother so or grand excuse me um so and now beta has to watch her slip away as well it's like fun yeah man.
0: yeah and yet, you know that's a that's a very different type of of tragedy to have to like go through mm-hmm. which is not someone suddenly disappearing but someone disappearing like sort of a page at a time and watching that slow deterioration like Again, the movie could give us more of that. I agree, Emily. Like I think maybe centering that a little bit more would be interesting, especially if we're looking at like this this family of women and, and what's happened to them. But it was the nineties and they weren't about to do that. Uh, Nate, who do you think had the best pound for pound performance? I mean
3: I, I had I had Grand Mu on the on the list too. Anybody oh, damn. Who, oh. anybody who can take a tuba that close and not start moving. <laughs> like a lesser actor starts dancing. When 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 Slimers playing the tuba the tuba that close, like you start to move. You know?
1: Uh, just so listeners know, Nate's wedding was all tuba music the entire time. Nine tubas. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's amazing.
0: (laughs) Nate and his partner both walked in with their own tubas. Slowest Ryan. walk down
3: the aisle available. Womp. Is it gonna Womp be- Womp Womp Womp? But they're whomp. not even fat. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Imagine being
0: a, a person of size walking past that wedding. Hey, F you. All right. Uh, Ryan, do you agree? Is it a clean sweep for Grandma? No, it is not moo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. That's silly people. Alright.
1: Although I, I love when um, in the beginning, when uh, Veda pulls the prank and says, "Oh, the body must have gone out, uh, gotten out <laughs> of," her office that was good. and then walks into the room where she's rocking, and I can just imagine her sitting there thinking, but not being able to say, "Like, what the fuck, man? I'm sitting right here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna give it to Anna Klumski for sure uh, of just this like natural star power that didn't work out for her for like ten years, yeah. and then was on Veep and was just firing off. I uh, rated our insults at, at, as a constant rate as everybody else on that show. Yeah,
0: she really like you can see the seeds of it. It's the same performer, mm-hmm. but uh she who knew becoming an adult made her better at her job. I think I'm gonna have to give it to her, Ryan, instead of Grand Sorry, Gramu stands out there.
3: Everybody's entirely right. wrong.
0: Nate, <laughs> let's start with you for a director moment. Now We don't have a a ton of, of, or I'm not, I don't know if you are familiar with a ton of the oeuvre of, um, what's his name now? Howard Zef. But what do you think is the director moment?
3: I, you know, I had really hard time with this. I I think the best thing I can say is it's just sort of pointing the camera at the kids and letting them act the scene. I don't know. Like (laughs) he he does a good job of framing the pastoral nature of this uh, boomer porn right? Like, he gets how to make photograph-style shots.
0: Okay, so so, sort of like the living photography style. Alright, Emily, what do you say?
2: Okay, I don't know if I fully understood this moment, especially with such a well-known director as what was his name? (laughs) Guys,
1: he made My Girl too.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh! I felt that whenever we transitioned from Veda actually talking and interacting with characters to any sort of random narration that was just her thought process it was really clunky and I feel like that was the director's <laughs> signature move right yeah, there. Sort of awkward
0: cuts yeah, yeah. like the, 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 the timing of the cuts of some of this movie were like, were
2: like oh man you really that's the, the best things, you could do? the things that would happen or say you'd go wait really is this what you chose oh the
1: editor is also going through puberty i see <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think it's impressive that i was able to do this at all of a child <laughs> ryan what do you think what is the director's signature moment so
1: i had to do a little bit of research for this but uh, he came from the world of commercials and he he, did. he was able to uh he cast uh as stars of his commercials in his early days um people like dustin hoffman and robert de niro who don't really fit the part of what we think of? Like, th- those aren't Robert Redford's you know. And I do think that any other director uh, or any other studio may have fought for like this should be Christina Ricci and McCulloch Culkin, and for him to go out and cast this girl who I think you know, like nobody had ever heard of before, and is able to shine so much in this movie. I do believe she just won pound for pound performance on the Movie of the Year podcast. She did. I, yeah. I think that's what his thing is: is like finding these diamonds in the rough.
0: Okay. So finding the the performer. Man, how good would this movie be if it was uh Anna Klumsky and Christina yeah, Ricci? There we go.
1: Wait, that was a movie, right? Ooh. Gold Diggers. The, oh the yeah. The Legend like, of wow. Yeah, like three years after this. Good <laughs> <laughs> thing we did that
0: Christina Ricci retrospective. Um uh, <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to say uh, pointing the camera and just letting it roll is going to be the, the signature moment. Good job, <laughs> Howard. A lot of them were like, um, what if we just didn't frame the shot? And he was like, no, <laughs> I refuse. We will always point the camera at the action. I've yeah. seen
1: other directors do this thing where they like put their fingers together like take yes. a frame. So I'm going to do that now. Yeah. And the actor should be in, in between my fingers.
0: Yeah. And then, then, I'll hold it here, and then you bring the camera and point it <laughs> the exact same way, and then I'll move my fingers real quick. <laughs> <laughs> We're
1: so sorry, Howard Ziv. I'm sure you're great.
0: Honestly, I, think he I looked
2: might not be alive yeah,
1: anymore. I, think he's
0: dead, I so. looked at his filmography, and uh, there was like movies I had heard of but had not seen, and I think he would say his signature was like looking at like the wacky relationship between the the sexes, um. like. Uh, the, the, you know, I, he was always teasing out all the different ways in which uh, modern men and women were circling around each other and trying he to figure really each other nailed that. Out. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, he you is gotta love a. <laughs> <laughs> you just, I know. He <laughs> just gotta love a guy who's like, you know what? I'm gonna capture the essence of the man woman experience <laughs> because I've definitely seen some of that. I have an idea of what goes on. I am one, one of the one. two of
3: those. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs>
0: I'm sure as a man I have access to everything women think and feel. Jane
1: Campion just won an Oscar for doing this exact same thing for a career, but no, we'll throw Howard Zeef on that same level. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but see, there is a way in which women are able to access the interior spaces of men that men simply cannot replicate. A woman, because I think of the nature of of culture and how much male experience is portrayed constantly, it seems to be like someone like Jane Campion could, could make a a movie about both sides of that experience this guy to me doesn't seem like he apprehends (laughs) enough of the world to truly do that but you can
1: see him saying that he does
0: yes no yeah Oh, definitely yeah well, because yeah, the whole the whole movie is like, we've figured out so much stuff, haven't we, everybody? It's been basically 20 years, and now like we know how all this works. Right. Like we can
2: talk about periods yep. and death, and we can talk about dementia, and we can talk about <laughs> child death. We can talk about small coffins. You know, it's all this shit. We are so good at talking about really deep, horrible things. And still
0: rapping in under an hour and forty minutes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and that's the important thing. We don't need to
3: linger in any of those topics. We we get it.
0: Ryan, the next award I think is going to be a clean sweep on one topic, but maybe not. It's cringe. What made you cringe, big guy?
1: Oh, it it has to be where we are swept away in this boomer porn, and she looks. She's riding her bike away. She is now like we had a sixteen candles ending where she was like, "Oh, I'll be in a dress and hang out with girls from now on." Uh, And then as she's riding away on her bike, says, fucking Nixon is the Republican candidate. (laughs) And I expected, uh, like, a thriller ending, like the the music (laughs) video from Nate's favorite musician, (laughs) uh, Michael Jackson, (laughs) where she turns and looks at the camera and it freeze frames as she's laughing. Like, just to let you know, this whole city keeps fucking people of color and queers in their place. (laughs) And then just. She's got the
0: yellow contact lenses.
2: (laughs) Oh man.
1: Just like Spiro Agnew. (laughs) (laughs) You know, doesn't being a monster make you not eligible for vice president? Shouldn't we do that from now on? (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. Being a monster makes you not eligible for American political office. That's exactly how you're a certified monster. You nailed it. None of those, none of those people could ever be monsters. All right, Emily, what made you cringe?
2: Oh, I had so many, but really comes. I'm I'm serious. I had so many, but honestly, it's the whole crush on a teacher thing that just made me throw up. In mentally, I guess. Wait, Emily, what's your date of? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you have heard me say I'm a teacher. <laughs> but the idea that, like, an 11 year old girl is in love with her teacher, I guess I didn't really have that many male teachers, but still, it just really grossed me out. I wasn't even whenever he, like, hugged her. Yeah. It, I know. It was like, I see his don't hands. Fucking touch I her. see his hands. Everything's okay, but it still was just, ew. You gross, gross, gross. Well, that's that I, boomer Emily, porn.
3: It's it's the '70s yes. when it was okay. Like te- male teachers could hug anyone they wanted because the woke oh, mom man. hadn't come for them yet.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, Emily. I, I kind of feel that way whenever we watch these movies that are centered around kids. I'm always just like. Man, don't have kids be in in these fucking movies. Get these kids away from, like, all the people making these movies. Like, get the child away from Griffin Dunn. Get the, like, there's a part where uh, 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 Veda is sitting with her uncle, and they're, like, watching the fireworks and his arms around her. And I'm like, dude, stop. Like, seriously? Like, I know you're supposed to be uh, uncle and niece or whatever, but, like, could you just sit next to her and not touch her? Because, like. You guys are all sus, and like, I don't want to watch <laughs> you interact with children. It grosses me out. And then out. he
1: said, I like the color of your toenails. Do you want some of my beer? Like, what are we doing here? That's so disgusting.
0: Mm-hmm. Nate, what made you cringe?
3: Um, I mean, uh, everything we've said is great. Uh, I was going to... <laughs> Wait, okay. So <laughs> Nate supports
0: everything that we've been talking about. Just a little side I just, I just want to be clear <laughs> on my
3: position here. I am, I, I am supportive of everyone else's uh, moments. Uh, but I, I think that the, uh, the sexy sex poem about sex... That the hippie Uh woman reads, that (laughs) is just in there so that all the guys can leer at her, and then we can be like, "Hey, that's right." She did just see that like an
1: eleven-year-old girl walked in, right? Yeah, yeah. She still reads it. It's not that she reads it. She still reads it with like the one nine hundred sex line voice, sultry Mm.
2: sexiness, and then like
0: runs her hand down the front of herself. Yeah, she's doing the uh, yeah. Again, like, probably zero women were consulted in the creation of like this whole scene, right? Like, nobody ever was like, is this something that a woman would do or something that a man would pretend that a woman Especially would do? Especially because when you
1: look at her boyfriend, uh, he is Matt Stone, co-creator of South Park. Dude, yeah. what was that guy's deal?
0: Oh, my God. He was a meditator. What? That
3: was his deal. And meditating Honestly, involves was... holding hands and trying to collect vibes. I yeah, clock Tell that dude. me
2: what I feel.
0: Yeah, dude. I clocked that dude as soon as the like the scene opened and I was like, okay, Anna's gotta stay away from that dude. She's gotta stay <laughs> away from Griffin Dunn. Right? She's gotta stay away from her uncle. <laughs> you just gotta keep all these dudes the fuck away from her. Uh, let's see. What honestly, uh, fundamentally, I think what made me cringe the hardest In all that stuff was the like and by the way, this whole time, we've all been Republicans. <laughs> you just watched a movie about middle america you fool (laughs) you absolute fool (laughs) Uh, i know that was not the intention of the stinger but that's how it felt all right so let's have some recommendations this movie maybe left our adult selves a little underwhelmed is there something that might have left us overwhelmed emily (laughs)
2: I'm very excited because I just watched this movie for the first time as well. But it's '90s. It's got a child actor. Boom, it's boom. got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Boom! Of course, it's going to be amazing. Last Action Hero, <laughs> fucking oh! incredible. I did not expect what was going to happen in that movie, and I loved it. I'm so oh, glad I got yeah. to experience that as an adult.
0: Is, would you say it's you the, just 100% got
1: yourself invited back to this show?
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> Is it the action version
0: Nate, of I you
2: notice. Say that one more time. Is it the
1: action movie version of My Girl?
2: It's way better. (laughs) There is a daughter in there.
1: Uh, Veronica Vaughn. So hot. The daughter in that is Veronica Vaughn? Pete Pete Sampras' wife? Pete Sampras' wife. Veronica Sampras, Vaughn. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nate, what do you recommend to our listeners?
3: I'm going to recommend a movie that is uh, both boomer porn and a story about adults not understanding children and the people playing children not understanding children. <laughs> the classic rebel <laughs> without a cause.
0: Oh wow. Dang. That's very that's very uh filmic. I like that. That sounds like a like a smart solution.
1: Plus a kid, kid dies in in the movie. It's, Spoilers. Ooh. If that's what you're into, you've got it here.
0: Yeah. And I a lot of people don't remember that the original line in that movie, what are you rebelling against, is bees. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> Looks
2: like it's got a lot of white people too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
2: got white people for days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what do you recommendation? i uh, I tried to with the recommendations or the recommendations. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you. Go go for stuff that hasn't been seen as much as it should, and you know what? This hasn't either. When I look at Veda Sultanfus, I look, I think about Lindsay Weir, and that's what Mm. I think the next jump is. With the, uh, it's a little bit later in time, but with the green jacket, but with the still like precocious but smarter, uh, rebelling against parents. Uh, Watch Freaks and Geeks. There's a lot of My Girl that feels Mm. like a TV show. Like we didn't have enough time to develop this. You know, like if we had the time and I guess maybe this is six feet under later, but if we had the time, like there would be so much more nuance around the Sultanfuss home. Uh, I think so much of that is in Lindsay in Freaks and Geeks. So if you want more Veda, that's where I would go.
0: That's, that's a good one. Man, Freaks and Geeks, anytime you can recommend people watch that. I was going to say, if you love child actors that come across really like children, which I think the, the best moments of this movie, that's what they capture. No movie has captured the way kids really talk and interact, I think, in quite the way Goonies Yes, mm-hmm.
2: uh, <laughs> I thought that's where you were going to go. Goonies is
0: just like, uh, Steven Spielberg was himself a child, so he, he knows the plan. It's just point the camera at these kids being kids. And also, I have to say, this: I, I feel the same way about Goonies that I felt about My Girl,
1: which is like, someone
0: protect these kids. <laughs> they're very talented they're very funny, but like make sure everybody's like, looking out for the kids. We, um, we did
1: Goonies on Movie of the Year. We did. And the whole time we were like, uh, that mouth kid, that kid named Mouth, every time anything pops up, he's like, what is that, a penis? Look at a penis. Like, penises are funny. It's, it's just, that's how kids work. Like, that is the yeah. most accurate mm-hmm. kid thing you can possibly say. And yet, when so
0: often when we try to write kids, we write them more like um, Veda's more clunky lines. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I... I a wish for discourse, more at my intellectual level. It's like, no, but even no, smart kids don't. I talk. See just need kids
2: screaming at each other, talking <laughs> about how you wouldn't punch someone if they punched you in the face and broke yeah. into your home. Like literally, that happened to me today as kids are playing Uno in my classroom. Like they're just <laughs> yelling at each other over, e- talking over each other. Kids, Those are kids.
1: Kids will say like uh, they'll say a funny thing, and then right after it, they'll be like, "I was all like," and then they'll repeat the funny thing. Good job, kids. (laughs) Well, we all know
0: that um, this movie can win awards for, they can win our Moody's, our famous Moody's uh, for acting and for directing and stuff like that. But it can't win movie of the year because it's just a bonus movie. Do we think that that was, uh, that this would have had a chance otherwise? i seeing a lot of heads shaking. No. 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 This one, almost right away, you're like, oh, yeah, this is one of the other movies of 1991.
1: i am not said that we did it. It, there's, it. it does strike this weird balance. It feels to me like uh, the nostalgia plus the plus the beta of it all, it feels like what it, it's like a mixture of To Kill a Mockingbird and Annie Hall. Like It has this scout-like character, but at some point she'll be at the grocery store and she'll be like, I had a can of a Barbie. But then they started fucking in the van too often. so i threw him off the cliff it's like what the hell was that that's not like when we when we think about like uh boomer porn thoughts in kids head it's like the wonder years it's not about how you just let two toys die because they were having too much sex it was i I think it was a good attempt but there was as many swings and misses as there were home runs
0: yeah and the home runs are like very endearing and they, I think there are good moments. They're like great performances in this, and they and they all have their their moments. But it just it doesn't hang together. It never really. It's a hangout movie that doesn't
1: because... totally work.
0: Yeah, and I I, th- I think that it's just it's a little directionless
3: in the end, and it, it it suffers from all the things that we talked about.
0: Nate and Emily, do you agree? Do you think this movie uh, had any chance to be movie of the year?
3: No, not at all. And I think the point that that we someone made earlier about this could have been like a series if this was like. Uh, even one season of a television show, it would feel more coherent and meaningful. But it does. It just kind of suffers from that that sort of our nostalgia era. Like, anything that I saw when I was 10 seemed like it was put together because it was a movie and I was watching it and I was 10. And now when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, that's not, that's not quite a movie. That's parts <laughs> mm-hmm. of movies. It's a bunch of scenes. Yeah, yeah. They definitely hired actors and, and filmed it it is at all times
1: too much and not enough yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah i completely agree but also partially because obviously movie of the year is going to be hook so oh, whatever what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck?
0: yeah the hook army is out we are countless ryan we are
3: legion somebody get john, like john the lost boys the <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much to our guests, Nate and Emily. They told us where we can catch them at the top of the show. What you need to catch is those movies. So, hey, keep watching them, won't you? Humor porn.